Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. There's no mess around with that. That's there. I mean, that's... Yeah. So that was uh, 397 uh, uh, pounds a square foot uh, worth of withdrawal. And um, that's like a a couple hundred mile an hour sustained hurricane wind. So You've got way other bigger problems in the neighborhood when that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. If your shear panels are flying off the framing, then... I can't, I can't. <laughs> You'll know which panels are yours because they'll still have a Volve stone hook to them. Yeah, because yeah, the, the stone will still be on it. You just, you know, if anyone's still around, you yep. can pick them back up and, you know. Found your wall two and a half miles away. It's still got your stone on it. It's an unintentional breakaway wall. Exactly, yeah. exactly. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a friend here in the studio that I worked with down in Florida that I had a blast with. Dom from Evolve Stone, welcome to Around the House, brother. Thanks. Thanks a ton for having me. Yeah, it's, it was a uh, it was quite the trip down to the uh, SCBC show, and I'm. I'm glad we connected and I'm happy to happy to be on. Dude, we had a blast down there up on stage and I got to learn more about your product as well of uh, what you guys are doing. Let's talk about you a minute before we jump into Evolve Stone. What, what got you into home improvement and construction and stuff? What's your history, man? Because I can tell you got a deep one. I came out of school like a lot of people do with a my my bachelor degree and and uh, it was it was a business degree and I, I didn't know where to go with it and what to do and um, you know, my, my best friend's father had a contracting business and I, I, I always thought about it. It was always in the back of my mind. And, and I finally, you know, I said yes. And I came on board and, uh, and it, it didn't take very long for me to realize, oh, there's, there's some money to be made here. Um, and, and the projects that they do are phenomenal. You know, one of the most high end builders in the, the DC Metro area, cool. you know, if you've got, a if you've got 10 billionaires in that area, five of them are, you know, building homes with uh, horizon builders. And, and that's kind of where I got my start. Um, I became the de facto uh, waterproofing um, and enclosure mm-hmm. uh, guy over there. Nice. Um, and I was there for three years and I learned a ton, you know, George, uh, we call, I call him H2 no. He's, he's a huge hater of, 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 uh, water and moisture and vapor and all the things that, you know, that he's learned over his 40, uh, I don't know, 45 years of, uh, of doing it. So nice. he downloaded a lot of that knowledge on me. And we even had a, a lab that we're, uh, doing testing on in in, uh, in the uh, greater Baltimore area. And I've just learned a ton, just, you know, an absolute ton. And then, uh, took that knowledge with me into the, uh, into the manufacturing world. Nice, man. Yeah. Cause you were handling tools up on stage. You know, I, I deal with a lot of guys up there that are, you know, more on the corporate side and you can tell the guys that have, uh, done it for real. And the guys that have done it from the boardroom, if you know what I mean. And, uh, they can tell yeah. you've, uh, you've done this before, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Once or twice. So it's, it's funny because, you know, it, stateside, um, you know, construction and contracting, there's, there's, you know, there are plenty of opportunities for apprenticeship and journeymen and all this, you know, you know, getting uh, trained and honing your trade. Um, but a lot of times, especially with like smaller operations, mm-hmm. um, it's trial by fire. You get out there and you pick it up and you pay attention and you observe. And the better you are at doing that, you know, the, the better your career will go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was no formal there was no formal training, you know, 
you get yelled at a little bit and then you figure it out. <laughs> Dude, that, <laughs> you know, but that's had- <laughs> 75% of people that are, that are in residential construction, right. That are in remodeling and building. I mean, electricians and plumbers, sometimes if they're union, they've got a journeyman status and they've got a kind of a path, but, uh, so many people out there start, you know, maybe they didn't even start with college like you did, but so many people out there that I know started out hauling wheelbarrows and hauling stuff up onto the roof. And then they got into going, Hey, maybe I can put a tool belt on and they just learned. And all of a sudden they're the master. Yeah. You have to, sometimes you have to dig a couple ditches and, and, you know, I got to do, I got to do a lot. Um, and it, as far as the waterproofing goes, like I remember <laughs> at a certain point I had around my neck, one of those mill gauge, you nice. know, so, so you're spraying the, you know, you're spraying the stuff below grade <laughs> and you have to make sure that it's the certain thickness. And, you know, I had that around my nice. <laughs> people making fun, but I, you know, those kinds of things, but so spraying foam and um, spraying waterproofing and understanding, you know, working closely with the other trades, like we had a great, uh, a great roofer, uh, a sub that did a lot of the work with those guys. And he had the understanding of the building science and, and, uh, as, a, as the general contractor, you know, you're in charge of, uh, making sure any penetrations in the house are, are, you know, taken care of and all that kind of stuff yeah. was you know, fa- falling back on, on me. So you had to learn, you had to learn quick. Cause those, you know, the tighter and tighter people are making these homes, it becomes a problem when, it magnifies that problem of, of some kind of a leak or some kind oh, of moisture man. intrusion. You know, it can, it can be very, very costly when you're home so tight and you've got this hydrostatic pressure that, you know, is drawing all this stuff in. You have to pay attention uh, oh, closely man. to what you're you doing. You can have a very unhealthy home really quickly if, uh, if all the details were not covered from waterproofing to ventilation. You know, they all go hand in hand in that system. Yeah, and we have we have a manual over at horizon builders now, like something like that about the waterproofing details, just making something that's repeatable. Yep. Uh, and, and, and almost common knowledge, almost tribal knowledge, but yeah. common knowledge for, for the, for the guys that are seeing that work, the, uh, the, the, uh, the supers, the supers on site, they are, are vigilant and paying attention to, you know, everything that has to be done by this book, you know, nice. Nice. Got to so. have the book. And that's how you keep everybody heading north. Well, let's talk a little bit about Evolve Stone, man, because, you know, I've heard about it. I've seen about it in the trade shows and, and watching you work with it at the trade show up there is super cool. Let's talk about this because, you know, there's we have such a hard time finding trades out there to show up on job sites. I mean, I know right now people that are trying to get electricians off at one job site. I know somebody that's trying to get a a drywaller to show up on another trying to get the Mason out there as well. And you guys have come up with a solution that looks just like a Mason was there, but it's a nail on option. Yeah. So the material has a, a, a long history in the nineties. Uh, this stuff uh, came about by a sculptor who was working up in uh, new England in, in Southbridge mass. And he uh, developed this material that, you know, he was creating stuff like uh, ta- taxidermy mounts. You know, uh-huh. his father was a, a big game taxidermist. And nice. he just, he was like, I can make a better rock. Because they were buying these bases that are just shiny, you know, roto-formed yeah. stuff. You, you know exactly what exactly. it looks like. Boring. And, yeah. And so, you know, this material, um, as it was developed by those guys, you know, went from being this taxidermy uh, uh bases to custom climbing walls. And now we're into the theming world and now we're into the Smithsonian world and we're doing all this, uh, uh, stuff with, uh, adventure parks and, and even, um, you know, we have a, we have a playground business. So it, it developed into a bunch of these things. And when we came on my CEO, Greg, he goes, Hey, take a look at this material. He showed me some of this, uh, some of this stone and take a look at this. He goes, you think we could do anything with this? And I go, you know what? I bet we could. And uh, we went up to Southbridge, Mass., learned how to make the material. Um, we had a deal with him to uh, uh, take over the playground line. Mm-hmm. And we still have a, a, a thriving playground business today, uh, Evolve Play. And uh, we went from that. Now, that's back in, <laughs> that's back in 2013. Wow. Um, 
And we, it took that long to develop, test, do all the ICC stuff and, and everything to make everybody happy to get this product onto the market. Nice. We've been able to make it for forever, yeah. but all the development, I mean, that took, you know, about seven years time. You know, it's funny. The development stuff is the hard part. I mean, you, you think about even automakers, they spend seven to 10 years building a car to get it through its own process just to get it out as well. So the whole process on a vehicle is no different than what you guys have to go through because there's, they have all these tests, you have all these tests, but when you, when you're done, it's a beautiful product. And uh, if you guys haven't seen it out there, it looks like stone. I mean, if you stand there and you're looking at it, looks like it's a piece of rock, man. Yeah. So the cool part is, so we mold off of it, we, that material that we make. Um, we can make almost anything that uh, natural replications, right? Mm -hmm. If I can mold it, I can color match it. I can recreate it. Uh, that is our bread and butter uh, for, for the Evolve Stone uh, product line. Um, yeah, we, we mold off of natural stone. That's why you have those textures and those shapes and, and uh, everything uh, that makes it look so dang realistic. I'm, and I never get tired. I, I got I saw it with you. I, I, I didn't get to see Walt's uh, first reaction. But anytime you hand somebody the piece of stone, they go, holy smokes, because they're ready to, you know, their body is ready to get, you know, a piece yeah, of you're, you're ready for stone. this stone. Piece of rock. <laughs> yeah. And you check them a rock that weighs like, you know, so we're, we're like uh, two pounds of square foot. You check them, you check them a rock that weighs nothing that floats legitimately yeah. floats. And, they, and the, the look on their face, I, I never get tired of that. And, and also it's, it's how realistic it looks. It, yeah. it, it plays a trick on your mind. And I can't tell you how many times that I've done these little one-off projects where I have to match color for color, you know, a piece of slate or, or, um, or a yeah. tree or certain bark or something like that. And I get it to the point where I'll put three of them out there and say, all right, which one's the, which one's real or yep. which one's fake. And everyone will, uh, that one's the, Oh, that's the one that's the replication. And I go, no, they're all replications that I just <laughs> made <laughs> the real ones over here. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so you can, the, the outstanding quality of that material is how naturalistic it looks. Yeah. And we get that by forming off of um, not just the material and the color process and the manufacturing process, but a, a lot of it is the fact in which we're, we're molding from the from the natural stone. Yeah. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. If you're enjoying the Around the House show, make sure and hit that subscribe button on the podcast player you're listening to right now. To find out more about Around the House show, head to aroundthehouseonline.com. And of course, thanks for listening to Around the House. It was fun when we did that seminar because I had you throw a piece at me like I was going to catch it. And then I pretend like I wasn't paying attention and hit me in the <laughs> chest. And people were like, whoa. Yeah, you... That, that is the reaction that you see. And, and that is, I mean, I've given the pitch a billion times and you can get, you know, worn out on something like that, but you never get tired of that. Look, I, there was a guy doing, uh, we're at a Exxon station, uh, in the, in this Virginia market. And there was a guy doing, uh, he was doing stone columns around the, the pumps. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's working over there and, and he's got his, uh, lick and stick stone in a pile there. And I, I just happened to have one in the truck and I take my stone and I tuck it over in his pile. And he looks at it for a second, you know, cause the back looked different than the back of the stones yeah. that he had. <laughs> he looks at, it, he picks it up and he almost hit himself yeah. in the face because it didn't weigh. <laughs> you know, I went and had a, I went and had a conversation with him and he was like, you know, this is four years ago before we even really got out got on the, the market yeah. out there. And I, you know, had, seeing that reaction as organic as it was, you know, that, that's what, that's what makes you, you know, uh, you know, that, that's what makes you really excited for the, for the product that you have. What I love about this is that you can absolutely transform everything from the front of your house to a living room, to a mailbox stand out in front. There are so many things you can do with this. And you're literally just using the same tools you'd use around the house. There's no stone saws. There's no nothing. And as long as you do the construction process right, you got something that's going to last a heck of a long time. 
So here's what I've seen now that the product's been around a little bit and we're gaining some steam and some notoriety and I'm talking to contractors every day, the, the siding guys love it, right? Because now that now it's now the siding guys can do the stone. A lot of times the Masons are, you know, they're, they're hesitant at first and then they can see that, Oh, I can do a fireplace that we have a class B fire rated product. Yep. Oh, I could do a fireplace in a morning and a fire, another fireplace in the afternoon what? with a finish nail. Yeah. Um, and, and a chop saw with a vacuum you can take the stuff right in the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're not making a mess. It's cutting like wood. Yeah. So, you're not outside and it's 21 degrees outside with a wet saw trying to keep yeah. that thing from making a mess inside, you're in there just with the chops on a dust collector and you're knocking the thing out. You're not worried about, you're not worried about your, uh, your scratch coat. You're not hanging the lath. You know, I, I didn't, uh, get this experience when, in my contracting days, but you know, cutting lath, it, it's, it's gotta be one of the most painstaking, uh, 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 layout, you know, early stages of your project, uh, yeah. that exists. And then you're doing your, then you're doing your first coat and then you got to wait for that to, to cure. And then you got to come back the next day and you got to you know, put that up and then, and then you can finally get started on your stone. Yeah. Um, f- for us, it's, is, is your surface ready, uh, for exterior? That means, you know, you and Walt had, had a conversation about, um, uh, your weather resistant barriers. Yep. So for us, yes, we, we, absolutely want a, a, a good superior type one, type two weather resistant barrier. And then we have our own rain screen. Um, I like it because it's black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's got a hydrophobic facing cool. and then it's got the, uh, the drainage gap behind that. And then for exterior, you're ready to shoot your stone. Um, you find level, level around the house, <clears throat> pick a spot. You can work left to right. You can work from the middle of the wall down or up. Uh, you can start at the el- window elevations with some sills. You know, we, we have, a, a, a we have sills that just, you know, act, honestly just get face screwed right on Yep. and, um, you can start there and, and put it on just like siding. What's cool is that this isn't like it click locks. So you don't have to worry about filling in in between. You can literally go one direction and then just go with it and not have to oh, worry sure. about, you know, going in a certain order, which I like. Yeah. So, there, there's not, you get 14 and a quarter square feet right now are in a box, right? Okay. We've got four styles and four colors. What I recommend anyone doing on their first job, and this is what I do on site when I'm meeting builders and installers or even dealers, and what have you, anyone who's willing to come see and learn about the product. I dump a box right out on a sheet of plywood and I just start clicking stones kind of randomly. But all I'm trying to do is... Um, you know, stagger my, my vertical and, and horizontal scenes on most of them. The styles have a similar theme, right? It's a running bound. It's kind of yep. like, like, uh, maybe, maybe like brick or flooring, even, flooring you know, you're staggering great these scenes. Yep. Yeah. Anything that, or tile even, yeah. um, you know, these are just different shaped tiles and, and there's no grout. You're just shooting it up with the, uh, stainless steel finish now, 16 gauge, um, right through the stone and it countersinks perfectly and you know based on the color of the stone you're you're not seeing the nail heads and that's why i think that i want everybody to to grab the tip that you just gave a minute ago that black back layer i think is very important because you know with your wrb that's up there being black you don't have you know there's there's a micro gap between each piece when it goes together now you don't have something back there that's got any color to it or white or anything like that. You've got that black layer that's just now a shadow line. Yeah. And depending on the quality of your installer, you know, these guys are going to go fast. So, um, and they know where they can get away with having a gap or a crack. But, sure. You know, when, when you're 40 feet up in the air on a, on a, on a chimney, um, they might get a little bit gappy, but if you have that black, um, you know, rain screen behind it or, or even a gray, I know. Yeah. Uh, I know, uh, DuPont has, has one that's gray, What you don't want is, you know, if, if Dow made one, it would be pink yep. and you're going to see it, you're going to see it or, or, um, you know, uh, Owens Corning, what made one, it'd be pink. If Dow made one, it'd be, you know, baby blue and you'd see it and the headlights would flash on it as you're coming down the driveway and you'd get, you'd get upset. Absolutely. So, 
so, so this black green screen just happens to have our name on it. And uh, it's part of the 50 year warranty is this system, right? I got a type one, type two weather resistant barrier, yep. my eighth inch rain screen, uh, currently eighth inch with a hydrophobic facing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, cause those gaps and cracks, we know that during a wind driven rain event, the water's going to go through there. 100%. Um, and now we're giving it that drainage plane somewhere to, you know, drain and rapidly dry when the sun comes back out. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to hold that. You do not want to hold moisture against your wall, as we've seen in these homes that are tighter and tighter every day. Not to mention we're putting, you know, fasteners in it, just like you would with siding. So you don't want to create anywhere for hydrostatic pressure to build. That is, you know, a page right from the book of, of Dr. Joe's, you know, perfect wall. That, you know, yep. this system has been tested and tested and tested and electively tested and also forced, forcefully tested by ICC. Yep. So, you know, everyone's very, very happy from a building science perspective. Uh, installers are happy because, you know, you're not having callbacks once when you, when you have a rain screen and it's becoming code. You, you're going to see um, uh, IRC 2021 in June uh, requirement for a rain screen. Now, you know that enforcing those things takes time, but you're yep. going to, you're going to, you're going to start to see that. Um, and that's, so that's good. It needs to happen because you've got to give a place for that water to go. And this is all about con- controlling that moisture and giving it an out, giving it a place to get some air back there, let it, let it dry out and not just have something that's going to sit there and get moldy and mucky and nasty in time. And now you've got a, now you've got an issue with a wall. Yeah. Not just, not just water in the form of, of rain. Uh, but you know, this, this material is, you know, a home based out of Massachusetts, right? They're under four feet of snow for a couple of, a couple of months. They can be anyways. Um, and yeah, you don't want, you know, that snow piled up against the house without somewhere to, uh, either turn into ice, expand and contract, you know, you have to give it, you have to give it an out. And part of that is, you know, continuity in your control layers. You have to have it. Well, it's, it's no different than Portland, Oregon, where I'm at here. If we sit here, if I look November through April, we could have 50 days of rain. Every day it's raining. It is not drying out. It could be a mist one day. It could be a half inch the next day, but it is how you test stuff to see if it works or not. And, uh, that's where that rain screen really helps out because when we get into summer, I mean, we've, we've had probably in the last 75 days, one or two days of a little bit of rain, but that's it. So we're dry, dry season, wet season. It's almost like a pool. It's just going to be It's around the corner too. Yeah. It, it, it starts for you right after Halloween, right? Yeah. Sometimes it'll go yeah. usually right after Halloween. Um, it could be as early as mid October, but usually about Halloween, it starts to get in there and that's when the rainy season comes and then it's boom and we'll get some snow mixed in, but it's just usually the water driven. And that's where we have a big problem with, with new construction here. Cause we will see a multifamily unit that's five or six stories. It's, you know, stick framed. And by the time they get the trusses on that building, the bottom two layers of OSB are black just because of the water that's been sitting on them for three or four weeks as they frame. And so it's yeah, just like to, it was sitting in the dirt. It's just nasty. You have to consider either getting it wrapped up real quick or, you know, I know, I know zip makes their, uh, Huber makes their, yep. their product that, their product that works well. pretty well for those, for those situations. But yeah, I, I took my clothes. I flew into Portland to meet with dealers, contractors, and my outside sales guys in that territory. I brought my golf clubs. What a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was November and it just, every day it's like nonstop. You will, you know, I you'll don't see them out there playing golf, but they it's, it's, it's like the guys out playing golf with a dark ball in the snow. You gotta be diehard and know what you're getting out into. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not good enough for that, but yeah, it was, it was uh, crazy to see it, uh, how much, how much precipitation uh, and how, how gray the skies actually are. And uh, it's encouraging for us because, you know, we're promoting this uh, system, uh, which is perfect for not only your territory, but you know, the seven different uh, building climates in North America, right? That this, this, you know, shear panel house wrap, 
uh, type one, type two, whether it's just a barrier, rain screen and cladding, this is the way to do it. And it, and it works, you know, in the Arctic regions, it works in the, the hot regions, humid, uh, and it, it work, you know, in those regions that see four seasons. Yeah. Right? This works great. If you're sitting in, if you're right now, listen to us in Miami, or if you're listening to us in Anchorage, either way, yeah. this is going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the beauty of uh, all the testing that we did. Uh, we did do, I mean, you, you also learn a ton about uh, your materials uh, limitations. If, you know, if there are any, um, by, by implementing these systems. Yeah. So let's yeah. start trying to kind of start to finish here just so people can get an idea for all of our DIYers out in the crowd out there. If you've got, uh, let's say you're going to do an exterior wall with it. Where do you start? If you've got the, let's say you got your, uh, OSBs hanging out there. Maybe you took the old siding off and you've got some new OS, OSB on the wall up there and you're like, I'm going to do a, a stone looking wall right here. What's the best way to do that? Uh, step one, uh, and this actually has nothing to do, honestly, with with our product, but just like any siding. Step one: How are my flashings? Right. Amen. So any any detail, whether it's soffit, roof drip flash, head flashing on windows, uh, uh, sill pans, um, anything like that, you know, that has to be right and tight before any kind of before you can even open a box of cladding, right? Uh, before you even unload that truck, are my flashings good? Um, am I relying on <clears throat> another trade for that? You know, if you're if you're the one, well, you said you said for this example DIYer, but yeah. you know, trades like to uh, perform the work that they're supposed to be performing, right. right? So who who is who's the guy that who is the guy that's uh, responsible for the um, for the flashing? Is that the siding guy? Is that the roofing guy? Is that the framer? You know, who's Who's in charge of the flashing, and, and that changes from territory to territory. Mm -hmm. I've I've seen framers that are responsible for the house wrap, um, and in those cases, you know they're working side by side with the siding guys who might be the ones that have the metal break and are making the flashing. You know they have to they have to be paying attention to the flashing. Flashing is the number one thing I think um, that uh, can impact a, a good wall assembly. Uh, everything else is almost superficial, especially in an open clad system with a rain screen like ours. Yeah. So step step one, flashing, pay attention to it, know what it is, uh, uh, make sure it's done right, mm -hmm. um, and and make adjustments if if you know that you need to. And if you're doing a remodel, most of the time it's wrong. So assume that it is, and make sure that you get it taken care of first. Yeah, if you're doing a remodel and and you've got. Uh, <sighs> If you're doing well, this this product, funny enough, is a, a remodeler's dream because of the ease of, of ability of it going on. But you still have to start from a good uh, um, surface. Uh, you know, your substrate has to be in good condition. Your flashings have to be good. So step one, revisit all those flashings. You got old caulk holding stuff together. Get rid of it. You know, uh, goopy is never is never you know a flashing. Exactly. Uh, shouldn't shouldn't be. So. Um, you know, take, take that, uh, take that before you unload the truck full of all your siding material. So that would be step one. Um, in, in that vein of flashing is my flashing rate, uh, having a good house wrap on there. Um, nowadays these synthetic uh, house wraps are getting better and better and better. And people are walking away from, um, you know, some of the felts of the world and everything like that. Um, and, having that is very important because what you're about to do with this stone is put a bunch of holes in your wall. Yep. Um, and in order for you to be able to get uh, by doing something like that, you have to have a quality, uh, weather resistive barrier, right? Um, we did a lot of our testing with, uh, like a, uh, Tipar product. Yep. Um, DuPont has their Tyvek, yeah. Uh, they also have a commercial grade. Um, Funny story. I've got a house, deck. probably 10 houses up the street for me that just got knocked down and they're putting a $2 million house in there and they're getting ready to start siding. And I walked by it the other day, walking the dog and I'm like, is somebody, somebody actually going to tape the, uh, the, the tie back? 
<laughs> nope, they're gonna sign right over the top of it. They've, there's no taping on stuff, and I'm like, really? Come on, guys. I want to throw some. I, I got tape here. I can literally throw it at him. I think when I go by, I think I might just be that guy and throw a box of tape at him and go, "Hey, you want to want to finish that?" We're, we are critical because we've, you know, you've done however many uh, remodels that you've done and opened up walls and just it, it affects the bottom line too. You go time out. This project is coming to a halt because there's, you know, we're, I'm seeing vertical mulch basically everywhere. Right. I got to fix this. We got to step on. We got to fix this wall. Oh. Um, and a lot of that is as simple as flashing and house wrap. You know, uh, we you know, when I was working as a contractor, uh, we did fluid applied for everything. Yeah. There wasn't a job that I wasn't um, being called out there with a tractor trailer full of drums of, you know, goopy stuff. Um, so, you know, that was but but that's also a project that has that budget in mind. Yeah. You know, they want they want something that, you know, you couldn't you couldn't put a hole in it with an Abrams tank exactly. if you wanted to. So, you know, they're also using three quarter, <laughs> three quarter uh, plywood, you know, shear panels. So exactly. It's yeah. different, something we that's don't a, see that's much. That's a slightly here different with, world. But yeah. No, you're not. You might not be seeing that out there. But, you know, if you're spending the money on these uh, shear panels that are three quarter thick, um, you might as well put that fluid applied on there to, uh, you know, protect have that stuff lasting forever. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, house wrap being also tied into your flashing. Yeah. I, you were just mentioning the tape. These nothing's, nothing's more, you know, saddening to your soul than going on a job and they've, they've got the house wrap reverse uh, shingled, uh, (laughs) just, 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 just creating dams, just a dam after dam and, and all, but you know, the manufacturers, I can say this now as a manufacturer, the manufacturer doesn't, isn't putzing around putting these manuals together. They've done the work. They've done the testing. I have spent years of my life uh, dealing with engineers and and going over, uh, you know, specimen after specimen after specimen, submittal after submittal, uh, knowing, you know, and we have a 30 some odd page manual right now. It's worth looking at. Yeah. You know, there, there's wrong ways to hang house wrap. And <laughs> there's some guys out there that find every single dang one of them. There's some so, that I go, I didn't even think of doing it that wrong. I mean, they had to be pretty dang creative because <laughs> I'm looking at it going, really? How'd you do that? How did you do How that? How did you yeah. do that? Why? What? You know, I, I yeah. and it's bad because, you know, you, you're probably no different than me. Uh, I'll be driving around with my wife and I'm running around and I'll see something get built and I'm staring at it going, oh, come on, guys. Really? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. So when oh, the water well, the fails, that- it's going to go under the house wrap around the window. Sweet. Cool. <laughs> Great job. And I'm sure if that's done wrong, that the sill isn't pitched or anything like that. Oh, so no. you're just, you're just, you're just, it's a ticking time bomb waiting okay. for, um, you know, in the, in the nineties, the big scare was mold. Oh yeah. Um, so, so now, I, now I'm pretty sure it's like VOCs or something else. But, I, I think, um, I think there's a scare for everything now. I mean, really, I mean, it's mold, it's VOCs, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's a box I think to be checked for everybody now. <laughs> yeah. Carbon monoxide, radon, let's, yep. you know, all, all, all at it. But so, so you're flashing in your weather resistive barrier. They have to work together. Right. Um, and the products have gotten so much better just in my, just in my 10 years now of, of working with this material, I have seen the different type of flashing tapes, you know, whether it's uh, acrylic, butyl or, or, uh, you know, bitumen, they have gotten so much better. And, you know, I had to back in the day, you know, not back in the day per se, but like, you know, call it 13 years ago. You know, we were mixing up part A, part B, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you making know, a mask. making making your custom mastic over these, you know, uh, pipes and everything like that, any kind of penetrations. And it's a mess, but the products have gotten so much better. You know, the guys kind of have it not easy, but it's better. So well, I mean, this they is can the be, best time what, to be. You were having to create that. Now they've got a roll of flexible flashing and they got a utility knife and a roller and they're just getting it knocked out in 30 seconds yeah yeah exactly and it's, i'm sure you guys have stressed the importance of the roller but you know all those pressure activated ones they need the pressure 
Yeah, don't go, don't go using your speed square trying to get away with your hand. You just back of the got the hammer. Roller, use the, it. I'd say I've seen the back of the hammer. I've seen the tape measure. That was always the good one. Um, the tape measure. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, but, but we we were making custom, you know, custom penetration uh, um, flashings with uh, you know, uh, bitchy thing type, mm-hmm. you know, mastic and things like that, but. Like I said, the products have gotten so much better in that world. And then the rain screen. The rain screen is the most, to our system, the rain screen is the most important. Now, that's a tough sell on a guy who's building in Las Vegas and he doesn't want, he goes, hey, I don't, we don't have any precipitation here. I'm in the desert. Uh, we're not going to get the rain screen. That, two things for that. One is purely cosmetic. You want the black background so that you're not seeing the gaps and cracks and seeing your weather resistive barrier. The mm-hmm. other thing is when you do have that ungodly amount of precipitation, if it rains for three inches in an hour, you're underwater. Yeah. So you, you want to have, and that'll happen once every 30 years mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll be, you know, somewhat prepared. Um, and then, so the rain screen is, is I, I couldn't stress it enough. That is the most important part to the system. And even that hydrophobic facing on it, if you take, uh, I do it a lot of times and at shows and whatnot, I take a bottle of water and I, I splash it right on and instantly you see it beat up and run away. Yep, and it sheets right off. Yep. Yep. And then anything behind that, you know, you've got a nice drainage and drying gap and it, it's it belts and suspenders approach. You got the weather resistive barrier doing what it's supposed to be doing a gap, which is, acting twofold for drainage and rapid drying and then a, a hydrophobic facing that's preventing most of that uh, bulk water from even getting uh, back to the WRB. Yeah. So now I think super, I also think, and I have no data to prove this. So it's my personal opinion, but I also think that that rain screen gives you a little bit of a thermal break between products there too. So if you've got that, you know, desert heat hitting down on the side of the house, you've got a little bit of thermal break there. That's between that. Yeah, you do. That's not, that's not just a uh, Eric hypothesis, but what's happening behind there is convection and convection is working in uh, for you in most, uh, most instances. Um, and funny enough, our product is, is rated at R2 in the, in the, testing that they, you know, have to do for it. But again, you've got a bunch of thermal breaks between the stones. So how, how effective is that? Uh, it's, it's just a cool little uh, benefit of our, our product, we think, but yeah. And then following your, you know, code and compliance type stuff, you know, if you're in a flood zone and you can't have, you know, siding until this uh, far up the wall or, you know, all those things, I get calls for that all day long. And I go, I'm not familiar with code in your territory. Hold on a second. And I look a couple things up and I go, you know, a lot of times I have a contractor. Like if I had something in the Pacific Northwest, you'd get a text for me. Yeah. And, and, and I'd say, Hey, Eric, this guy's trying to, um, <laughs> this trying guy's to this. trying to, he's trying to turn his gutter into a waterfall feature. <laughs> how, how do I convince him not to do that? And then you, you know, you give, give me the, the 10 uh, reasons pro- why. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the 10 reasons why. And, and three of them are ones that I miss. So yeah. good. But yeah, following your, you know, your local building codes is important. And um, that's all for exterior. Um, my recommendation to somebody who's in, in the DIY world or in the, um, uh, you might be hesitant. Say they're a mason. And they're like, okay, just another stone product, yada yada. But guess yep. what? I see masons all the time on these uh, remodels. You know, these these uh, uh, along the interstate. There's so many of these hotels and gas stations that are just getting a uh, lick and stick stone. You go back a year later, and there's piles of loose stone. Sometimes I, I'll, I'll t- you know, I'll take pictures of it just to make sure. myself feel feel good and say, hey you know, mechanically fastened, we're pretty skookum on the wall there, but, yeah. you know, it, and they probably did it for the most part, they probably did it kind of right. Um, but they might not have the brain screen or there might not have been something in the ad mix that day mm-hmm. or the temperature, temperature, the temperature was off, got it was too little, hot, too cold, whatever. Or they waited too long or, or they started too soon. What, what, what have you, the bond wasn't there. So we're not relying on that, uh, in, you know, going over shear panels. And then, and then you got guys in Texas that go, Hey, I've got, 
I've got uh, as my shear panel, I've got basically um, waxed cardboard. It's you know, <laughs> and it's only it's only in the corners of the house. And they sometimes these guys do what's what I call structural siding, which is they nail the siding on 16 inches on center. Well, I have that on my house. <laughs> yeah. 1977, yeah, but, you know, contemporary house with the T111 siding on it. And it's, it's there's studs, tar paper, and, uh, you know, five eighths siding on it. That's all she's got. Yeah. But in the 70s, you know, everyone will say the the homes from the 70s will last you for good bones, right? Exactly. And, uh, and they'll, they breathe. They needed to breathe in the 70s. And they let so. them breathe. Yeah. And they let them breathe for sure. Um, no question. But, uh, so what I recommend for somebody that's looking at, hey, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get familiar with this Evolve Stone product, be that a mason, a DIYer, a siding installer, a general contractor, someone in design like yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just get my hands on it and kind of play with it. The perfect project for that is an interior accent wall or a fireplace uh, using our class B fire rated product. Yep. Uh, it's very simple. There's only a couple things to remember. One, where can I, or where can't I put the stone? That's you have to respect your class, um, your, your non-combustible gap, which is usually a couple inches around the side of the firebox and, yep. you know, maybe a foot or what have you. Uh, if you get, if you're using one of those gas inserts, they'll tell you right in the first two pages of that manual, whether it's vented or not will impact the, uh, the non-combustible zone. You can't put it in the firebox. You can't put it in the non-combustible zone. Um, basically anywhere you can, anywhere that you have the drywall, uh, you can have the, uh, evolved stone. And I just hang a sheet of Luan like that. Um, that, uh, sometimes it's flooring underlayment, yeah. what have you, the Luan. I put, I put that right over the drywall. If it's a, if it's a remodel, yeah, right over the drywall, paint it black or gray. And I start shooting my stone right on top of that. Um, and yeah, that's, that's a quick turnaround for a, that's a weekend project, Yeah, you know? Um, and it goes on even faster outside when you have no interruptions and you can do a long run, you know, economies of scale say that, Hey, if I'm, if I got a hundred square feet uninterrupted, no windows, no doors, no dryer vents, no, no funny business outside, I can just run yeah. with the style. So, and it's, it's smart and it looks so good with that. And, uh, and what I like is on the interior wall, it it looks awesome. And of course, you've got that durability inside with being that it's made to handle exterior. So even if somebody something gets splashed on it, spilled on it, somebody spills their wine or cocktail, guess what? It ain't gonna hurt it. No, no, it's it's really cool in that sense. And and I can't tell you how much how nice it is to get away from mortar because. Every once in a while, I have to do a project either at my facility or a side-by-side or something where I'm mixing up a bag of mortar, and I'm tuckered out by the time by yeah. the time I have to quickly get it on the wall. It's it's just so labored. It is very labor-intensive, and this is not replacing natural stone. This is just an, an alternative for, for siding. There's always going to be that market that is wanting and willing to pay for and wait for you know, natural stone and, and the skilled labor that is required to put that up. You know, we, we are a stacked stone for a reason. You know, we can't have mortar. Our material has no expansion and contraction. So you can't use mortar with it if you want it to. Yeah. All it takes is one freeze thaw and all that mortar comes it's cracking away. Popping right off, right? Because it's yeah, it, popping it, right no off. place to go. It's part of the reason that it has a, uh, a dry stack look. Now I am working on, you know, synthetic mortars and stuff like that down the road for, you know, making a, making a more architectural line of product, but sure. for the time being, you know, that's, that's something that's important. And I can't stress enough, um, how the lightweight, uh, say the, the savings that you see from it being so lightweight. Here's an example, guys working in York, Pennsylvania, not too long ago, they're doing two massive columns on a, uh, commercial job mm-hmm. and they have the man lift there. And on that man lift, they have a couple boxes of evolved stone, uh, a chop saw, and their nail gun. And they don't have to stop. There's no cut man on the ground trying to, you know, yep. figure out how to, how to get toss a rock up, up there from the yeah, throw it up. How to toss her. And if you do drop one and he's not wearing his hard hat, it's not going to kill him from 20. Right. So, um, 
So, and that lets them just keep going. There's no hangups. You don't have to have crazy amounts of, you you know, if, if you have a fireplace, you don't have to have all these crazy amounts of, of, uh, steel, uh, for supporting this amount of weight. It, it, it doesn't weigh anything. I was shocked the first time design wise we had done stone and the amount of steel that was needed. I had a, probably a 24. Five twenty-six foot ceiling in there. I was shocked at the weight that we had going up on that thing, and what the architect and engineer had built for that, just to hold everything together. Yeah, we did one of the first examples. There was the uh, we did something similar to Evolve Stone. It was a prototype product, but the uh, there was a house out in Maryland that needed uh, a veneer on these chimneys uh, to match. Um, for the historical society Mm -hmm. and in order for them to put the real stuff, they needed 33 There's a change order for $30,000 worth of steel work. And then we came in there and said, nah, (laughs) just shoot this stuff up over that and be done with it. And, uh, you know, save them a a ton of money and a a ton of time. And that, that weight, you know, you're getting, getting away from tiebacks, grade beams, you know, stone, uh, stone ledges, all that kind of disappears when you're working in the weights that we are. And also you can fill your pickup truck or your work van or whatever with a ton of square footage. Right. I mean, it, you can load it up and you're, and, and you're, you're not, you're not going to be riding too, uh, too low. It's not like you're like having to get the flatbed trailer and putting six pallets of rock on it to bring out to the job site. I mean, right. And you got 20,000 pounds sitting there. It's, it's so much better than that. And with that comes, you know, with that weight, a lot of times that uh, you'll see the cementitious product or even natural stone, you'll see uh, fracturing when in transit, like a, a crazy amount. I, we had a, a sales rep in um, the Carolinas that used to work at a, uh, a lumber yard that had, you know, some stone products. <clears throat> and the biggest complaint that he would see is people would come in and say, hey, can you find me a box that's not broken, please? You know, yeah. could you, could you please, please set aside three boxes that aren't cut uh, or broken up? Um, so it's not that we don't see any breakage. Uh, I'm sure we do, but, um, you know, it's going to be minimal. Yeah. And then the other cool part is if we haven't touched on it yet, the, uh, the, the scrap, right? So even if you do open that box and there's a piece that's got, you know, cracked or busted, whatever, you just lop off two square edges and boom, you've got, now you've got two other pieces. So that's the and beauty. You're not, yeah. You're not seeing the scrap that you are in some of these other, you know, masonry uh, products. Um, the cool part is, you know, if you're running, uh, say it's a big exterior job, you're running left to right. You're only making cuts at a window, at an intrusion. Or the end. You know, I don't. Or we're at the end. So save those pieces. The example I give all the time is if you run up to a door or a window, say you say you're on the porch, mm-hmm. uh, front, say it's a front porch entrance and you're going left to right and you come to the door, save that cutoff part because that is going to fit on the other side of the wall. It's just how math works out. So, so have two, have two piles, you know, have your cutoff pile and have your scrap pile. And funny enough, at the end of a, at, at the end of a day, you know, if you're being material conscious, your your scrap can fit in the size of a shoebox. I mean, See? it's it is minimal. That's awesome. Now let's talk a minute about uh, climbing walls and play sets. You guys have that whole other business with that. Do you guys end up doing big climbing walls on the commercial stuff, or how does that work? I know that's not a so, DIY project, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so that's kind of where you know my career was birthed. Right, I was the guy that, um, you know, I used to run production for the play company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used to, you know, PM slash install these, uh, you know, a lot of these custom projects. So, you know, we'd have clients like, uh, like a university somewhere, or maybe one of these, um, adventure parks, like, a like a sky zone or yeah. one of these tra- trampoline parks and, and, you know, they needed an attraction for a climbing attraction. So we get their overall dimensions. I work with an engineer for their steel superstructure. And then I've got molds, basically, 
uh, of different cliff faces from around the country. And cool I that? can, I, it's so cool. Well, making them is <laughs> making them is a task. You got to go camping for a couple of weeks with a couple of buckets of rubber and a couple of guys to yeah, go. Yeah. I was going to say that know. can't be easy. No. And then you got to get permission from whoever's property that, <laughs> that is to go do that. Yep. And then you got to lug this thing back into town and you got to figure out how to color match it and all that other craziness. But you know, if the, if the, if the budget is there and somebody's willing to, uh, work with us on that, you know, we can, we can pretty easily, pretty quickly get them a, a, a custom climbing wall to their parameters. I've built, I've built custom climbing walls and I, I'm not an avid climber, but I, you know, I know how to get around on a climbing wall. Yeah. We, we've built some climbing walls that <laughs> certain, certain sections of it are very challenging. I mean, yeah. you've got to be, you've got to be a, a, you know, uh, every week type of climber. Yeah, that, get, you, you're that person versus me getting up there and who's boy yeah. certified, but I get up there and I'm like, all right, this is kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a job that we did actually locally in Virginia at a gym. And, uh, we had, we had to wait. Uh, I think we had to wait for another trade to come through before we could punch the job out. So I waited for that them to come through, but everything else had was, you know, the place was fully upholstered. So I had to climb up and over that wall. I don't know, maybe 20 oh. times in an afternoon. And, and I was not in climbing shape at that point. And oh. I mean, parts of your shoulders, you know, are just burning muscles that you didn't know you had could hurt. You didn't hurt. move for four days. Did you? Ah, it was the worst. It was <laughs> the worst. And it's after hours and it's dim and you're behind a, you know, climbing wall and Brutal. everything. So, so yeah, the climb, that's kind of where, that's kind of where we started to really take this material and develop it out from what it was traditionally used right in the nineties. Um, and you know, the projects got bigger, our teams got a little bit larger. Mm -hmm. We got smarter about working with, you know, we have a, uh, we have a steel subcontractor. Now we can, we're not trying to do stuff in house that we're not nice. good at or don't have room for. That's you know, its own world, roof. man. Oh yeah. You know, we're not, we're not a, we can fabricate a little something here or there, but it's easier for someone who's set up for it. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll send my couple of trucks, you know, if this climbing wall takes two or three trucks, we cut it down and this mountain down into a couple of trucks and, you know, ship it out across the country. The steel guy does the same thing, loads up a couple of trucks and they, they meet each other on the job site. We all fly out and uh, try to knock it out as quick as humanly possible. That's fun. But that tells you about the, the durability and the realism of this product that you can turn around and build a, a high-end climbing wall out of it. And people still look at it and go, wow, that looks like rock up there. Yeah. I, there's nothing that looks uh, quite like it. And, and you think too, I mean, we've been featured at places like SeaWorld, uh, Cabela's, mm -hmm. Dick's Field and Stream, stuff where they got uh, you know, we do, we do some work on uh, insane poles with Lucas Lagoons where they got these grottos that are seeing hundreds of gallons per, you know, just dumping over the edges of these things. And, and uh, yeah, this, this, the material is just insanely, it's got some crazy attributes to it. The fact in which it's lightweight um, and, and it weathers perfectly, um, it's easy to maintain. You know, I, I saw somebody... Uh, uh, did the first cleaning of their evolve stone because it's in the you know shady side of the house and they called me up about it. You just take some Dawn soap, mix it up with some water, spray it on, wipe it off. Simple. You no, know, you could you could lightly lightly power wash it if you wanted to. Um, you could seal it honestly if you wanted to seal it for a little bit more uh, uh, ease of cleaning it down the road. You know, it's it's super super easy to maintain. That's the um, great part. The, one of the other things, I don't think we even got into it, um, but its ability to stay on the wall is fantastic. We did a negative pressure test. Part of what the ICC required was they wanted to know the failure point, like sure. how how much hurricane can this wall assembly take is basically the test. Mm -hmm. It's the ASTM E330. And what they do is they take four by eight wall assemblies that you make. And at this point in time, of testing. I was making the stone by hand one, a couple stones at a time. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm putting them on these four by eight walls and we bring this assemblies to the testing site and they ramp up this machine to try to pull the stones off. It's in a big acrylic and steel chamber. It's, okay. I got a two by four wall uh, with seven sixteenths OSB. And then there's a big poly bag on it where this, all my stones have been nailed over and they're trying to pull the bag off of the wall and take the stones with it. Wow. And uh, the, the first time we ran that test, Without a single stone coming off, we bent the OSB so far that it drug the uh, three and a half ring shank nail right out of the center studs. Wow! Yeah, so that was so they they had us make a more skookum wall assembly. So I had to go home make a couple more stones real quick. You're like back. gluing and screwing, and yeah. you're just trying to make it all hold together. <laughs> I'm just like guys. So they put a three quarter gusset plate at the top of plywood, three quarter gusset plate at the bottom. Uh, two by six studs, 16 inch centers, gl- gorilla glued and screwed the entire thing off every eight inches. Uh, and this was the last test I think that we did. And then they, they draw a vacuum on that wall and we snapped the two by six stud and half lengthwise on the outer side there before the stone came off. So <laughs> the, the stuff is on there, Yeah, you know, there's no messing around with good. that. That's there. I mean, that's, yeah. So that was a uh, 397 uh, uh, pounds a square foot uh, worth of withdrawal. And um, that's like a um, couple hundred mile an hour sustained hurricane wind. So you got if, way other bigger problems in the neighborhood when that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. If your shear panels are flying off the framing, then I can't, I can't help. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know which panels are yours because they'll still have evolved stone hooked to them. <laughs> yeah, because the stone, the stone will still be on it. You just, you know, if anyone's still around, you yep. can pick them back up and, you know. Found your wall two and a half miles away. It's still got your stone on it. <laughs> it's an unintentional breakaway wall. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Tom, thanks for coming on today, brother. What did we not cover today that we should probably touch? Did we get it all? Um, moisture impermeable was a big, uh, yeah. was a big deal. The color is infused all the way throughout. So when you cut it, you know, a lot of times when you cut uh, certain siding products, you know, anything oh, that's yeah. pre-finished, you've got the, the core of that product and, mm-hmm. and it's a different color or a different material than the outer. Our color is impregnated all the way throughout it. So, um, you know, if you cut a, a stone, you know, square and flush, and you've got that lighter looking edge, you can actually take a little bit of Thompson's clear water seal in a spray can, spray that edge. And it kind of just brings that sheen back to it. And you can put that right in the wall. No one will be any the wiser. You could texture it up. I always keep a waffle faced drywall hammer on me. And I kind of touch, touch up the edge of that stone and I'll put it in place. Um, you know, we, we talked about no, you know, specialty tools. I, I, you, you saw my setup. I mean, yeah. I had everything basically on me, yeah. um, minus, minus the saw. And a lot of times siding guys will even forego the saw. They like to work with, you know, whatever they like, you know, four inch angle grinder, yep. you know, whatever, the, you know, whatever they want to use, uh, or feel comfortable with, I feel most comfortable, you know, I'm not a, exactly a, a trades guy. I don't claim to be. Um, and my skill set is, uh, particular because, I've been doing this for such a long time that my skill set is turned into installer of evolved stone. Yeah. But you know, my chop saw, I got a little battery operated chop saw. That thing's perfect. Um, staging scaffolding. You don't, you know, you don't need a ton of it for the, for the weight of the stone. I mean, we could go on and on for days, but you get the idea. I mean, we have spent a lot of time. We haven't talked about the website or Instagram or Facebook. That's or where I was going to go next, brother. That's where I yeah. was going to go next. How do we find yeah. this stuff? If we want to put it on our house. Evolvestone.com. That's the that's the best place to take a look. We have uh, basically national distribution, um, and and Canada is also a big market for us because you can put the stuff on. Uh, I, I I was on a job in uh, I want to say Commerce Township. Mm-hmm. In, in basically Detroit it was about it's about negative five when we woke up. Um, so seven a.m. on the job, it's you know a, a high for the day of like eight degrees, and we're putting this stuff up. So you know the Canadians are in a pinch. You know nobody wants to be working out that kind of crazy cold, but when you got to, you got to. Yep. So um, 
you know, distribution basically, uh, if, if you're listening to the show, you can probably, <laughs> you're probably in a territory where you can, uh, get your hands on it. Perfect. Perfect, brother. Dom Ryback, thanks for coming on today, brother. Evolve Stone. Got to check this stuff out. And uh, we'll be doing this again soon. Perfect. Eric, thanks, thanks a ton. I appreciate it. Man. Thanks, brother. You've been listening to Around the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered. Anywhere beyond the mean. Life is a love song. Let's be lovers. We're all over the radio. Take my hand, I know where to go. All over the radio with you. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.